Okay, divisiveness. So to, to begin with divisiveness, the first thing that brings this into my mind is the, the push that people are, are having now that every identity, just like every ethnic identity back in the 60s uh, was pushing to, to be recognized as, you know, the right to be a special identity. Uh-huh. And, you know, now there are, you know, different ethnic identities and then there's different gender identities and they all want to have their own recognition that everybody should recognize that, uh, you know, I'm important because I belong to this particular identity. Um, and uh, this really goes to our previous conversation about identity, which was a, a good long discussion about the real identity. Yeah, I, some days I think that the people, because people clamor more and more to have their group recognized as valid, it seems to want to reach back behind that a little bit and say that we're in a generation of people perhaps who are really insecure about who they are. And while they might want to say in their interior, recognize me as being valuable. Yeah. A lot of them latch on to or associate with an existing group that can give their their claim to recognition more clout. Right. There's this this little collective that I belong to, and that, that's that that's what makes me special. Right. It's just a kind of a cover story for I want to be recognized just as a human being myself. I feel helpless. I feel adrift in this world, and I feel like I'm not being seen or appreciated or whatever adjective you want to use there. Yeah. I was watching a movie last night on Turner Classic Movies, and I just sort of stumbled onto it at the end of the evening when I turned on the TV. And uh, it was Auntie Mame with Rosalind Russell. She, you know, throughout the movie, I mean, of course, Rosalind Russell is so wonderful, an entertainer to watch. But it was a, a character that came out and said, I'm going to just do things my way and recognize me. She had a, a vulnerable side to that. But she didn't want She didn't want to be disliked in the sense of, she didn't want to have somebody she had feelings for abandon her. But she clearly, she would be in these rooms full of people, and she was operating on a no-holds-barred, here I am, gang, just be ready for it. And she's sort of the, perhaps the uh, uh, antithesis of the young person today in the world who's not sure what they are and badly want to be recognized. I think perhaps they, they want to recognize their own real worth or their own real point or their own real purpose and that that be important in the world. Yeah, you know, as you're talking, it's, I'm remembering now that, that there is, with regards to sexual identity, there is a sense of trying to find the value of it. I mean, I'm just reporting from my own experience, because when I grew up, uh, queer was a pejorative. Right. <laughs> it was not a designation of somebody who, whose sexual identity was non-binary or whatever. Correct, yes. It was more, well, queer means you're a faggot and we're going to burn you. <laughs> right. You're, yeah. you're, you're a sick person and you don't deserve to be alive. Yeah. Whatever. So, I mean, if that person, who I was when I was 16 or 17 years old, were alive today, I cannot imagine which part of this spectrum I'd be in. <laughs> I, I really wouldn't know. And so, I, I mean, to your point, it, this, the sense of who am I is incredibly fuzzy, right? I mean, it's yes, very much so. And even and even within the sub, even within the, the tribe there, the, the subgroup where the person seeks that sense that they're looking for, even there, it's possible to feel levels of alienation. I would imagine because every person is inherently unique and has a unique genius. But because it is unique, unique comes with a catch. 
your uniqueness very often puts you in kind of the wilderness of not having anyone or anything to really lean on if you're really about the business of finding out your genius and making it valuable. Right. So we get confused by all of these different slices of what it means to be a person. I mean, what I would say is the a unique individuation of infinite consciousness, which is so right. boundless and so completely beyond anything that we can put a category around. Uh-huh. And I think the error or the misstep maybe is, I mean, again, it comes down to thinking materially, thinking that, that this uniqueness that I am has got to be quantified in a particular outpicturing of one form of drag or another or complete uh, stereotypical maleness or, you know, and, and right. that, that, that these things, and so we look at these different slices and we think to ourselves how divided it is, how everybody's all split up. Yeah. And everybody's actually working on the same question. And, and this, this, um, this sense in us that it's, it's not like we dreamed up the idea of we're born. We, 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 we dream up the idea somewhere along the line that I must have a singular creative genius about myself that's under duress here and I've got to find a way to have it be recognized as valid. That doesn't appear in us except that it appears in us in the midst of the culture that we're in. Right. Now, and for instance, you know, when I was a younger person in South Texas, I mean, in terms of especially sexual identification and such, things there were so constricted around sort of the Baptist social tissue and the and a general, you know, lack of real education. And there are not, were not all that many people in my peer group, they're even sophisticated enough to understand what the word faggot means. <laughs> right. They were all just, they just, I just all use the word queer and as a pejorative, as we talked about. But so that's, that's the context, or at least in the case of, say, a kid born in South Texas, that's the context in which this burgeoning expression of infinite consciousness lands, finds itself. And, and there's this, and this thing of you, which is so different, which is unique, and there's something about it you sense is unique. In order to let it emerge in you, it's very hard not to try and sculpt it or bring it out so that it fits in some way, so that it's acceptable in some way. Sure. So you wind up even with the guy who's, whose best expression of his favorite thing to do with his group or one of his best expressions is to put on drag because clothing and, and fashion and forward appearance is a construct that we can relate to because we go to a play and we see somebody go off stage and put on a different set of clothes and come out and they can be a different person. So the, this impulse in us to find, as Norma Keller, I think, once wrote, to find that true goodness that will come forth somehow, some way, somewhere, some lifetime, we almost have to create or, or find a construct that exists, a bias that exists that we can sort of couch it in so that it doesn't get the be Jesus stomped out of it. It's the first time we open our mouth about it. Yeah. But I think the fact that it is unique can often lead to a divisive expression, not d dividing you necessarily from your subgroup. It can actually result in an inner kind of divisiveness because you're, you feel yourself evolving and you're desperate for the recognition that it is valuable. Yeah, I, I totally relate to the feeling of knowing that there is something in you and knowing that whatever that thing is that's in you is not at all like what you're seeing in the world. Right. Yeah. And to, to bring it out, it's, it's, just, it's very hard, having grown up in that world, to allow that unique expression to just have its way. It's scary. It's literally life and death scary in the sense of a sense of identity. And of course, depending on whether you're still stuck in that culture, you've got to run this thing through. It could be scary from the point of view of real 
you know, divisive attitudes of people towards you as you try and allow this expression to come through. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got enough beaten, mangled, and murdered young men and women in all categories of LGBTQ. Just put an asterisk. That, that, that covers the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's the, the, the divisiveness that's... I can imagine it'd be very hard for it to ever really go away. It's almost like it's the thing inside of me, for instance, that I'm always doing battle with because I feel let, let the urge come through me of my uniqueness. And every time I'm able to let go of the restriction which keeps it from happening, I just have this moment of enormous satisfaction, this enormous uh, fulfillment. Wow. But in as much as you're talking about infinite consciousness expressing through you, it doesn't let up with the first one, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a divisiveness that's kind of like the, the burr under the saddle that keeps things just discontent enough to keep trying for the next level, trying for uh, the next emer emergence of a part of yourself because it's the nature of us, the nature of us. So, so we're getting to a sense of this sense of divisiveness as a, a driver, just like we mentioned about conflict the last time. Uh-huh. That, that conflict is a driver for transformation. Yeah. And um, I would like to just, before we go on down that road, I think I'd just like to mention that the one thing that did save my sanity was finding a sense of identity that was not based on anything that had to do with my social standing or my social relationships with other people, like the, the enculturation of my community. Yeah. And that's the understanding of the self as beingness. Yes, and that beingness is boundless and completely uncontainable and completely uncategorizable and indescribable. <laughs> so uh -huh. getting in touch with that identity then, I could walk around in my usual everyday circumstances, um, go to my job, take care of whatever my obligations were, do my shopping, come home, and I didn't feel disconnected from my community because I felt deeply connected to my beingness, to my sense of identity that is that is uncontainable. Yeah. Yeah, it is infinite in its expression, that of you that you're talking about, infinite in its expression in terms of possibilities, and yet it, it also by its very nature of being ever-present and boundless and unconstrained in any way, shape, or form, it's whole, and it is significance. It is what all of life is signifying, and it is you, and it is me. But it's whole, it is sound, it is significant, and because it is all significance, it is all worth, and therefore, of course, absolutely worthy. There's no denying it. So through this, the fact that our it's going to take a, our current version of ourselves, divisiveness, divisive challenge after divisive challenge to, that will never really stop to fully, more fully understand ourselves, it's a miracle that when we operate this way, we never come to an end of ourselves. Exactly, yes. And we are not only equal to, but even beyond the measure of any attitudinal structure in any society in this life. And we can walk through this reign of seeming twisted attitudes about race, sexuality, whatever we can walk through, like we walk through a rainstorm and literally pass between the raindrops because we are inclusive of all of them. And we don't have to have an outside source tell us we're okay, as you mentioned before, because we know, knowing knows, that which we are knows, that our significance is the whole, whole McGillicuddy. Mm -hmm. 
and then we may be working with a, with a tribe or maybe out in the street holding a sign because that's sort of being in the world. We know we're not of it, and that's uh, that protects us throughout. The physical dimension things may get rough. There's no doubt about it. But to be able to know who you are makes you invulnerable to anything except what you are, and that is infinite consciousness. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, I think last time, knowing that about yourself, you also know it about other people. And so you look at other people differently. You look at other people and see that that person is another individuation of infinite consciousness is uniquely themselves. And I think that helps to diminish the sense of divisiveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. At that point, it can only be the, the oneness that is animating all of us.